0: Satan is the epitome of bastardry the spiritually fatherless position where rebellious man finds himself Satan weaves a spider's web of deception he masterfully erodes man's remembrance of Christ and God's holy word through the subtle evil spirit of gradualism the short example in this prelude will make the connection clear Jesus Christ is the lord of glory the creator of the universe by the word of his father and his name is the only name under heaven by which men can be saved. No man can access the Father but by the Son. In matters of prayer, we are instructed by the word of God, John chapter 16, verses 23-27. through 27, And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full." These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day ye shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved him, and have believed that I came out from God. Then in John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name... That will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And again in John 15:16, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. The church has always ended its prayers in Jesus' name because of the above commandments access to God through prayer is accomplished in Jesus' name. So then salvation and communion with God can only be accomplished in the name and person of Jesus Christ. It is this understanding that Satan must destroy in order to succeed in defiling the hearts of men. Years ago, I was at a public function where a preacher from one of the mainline denominations was asked to pray over the food. He delivered the prayer, but omitted the closing in Jesus' name. I have noticed since that event an almost unanimous conspicuous absence of the closing, in Jesus' name, amen, in public settings. The politically correct are careful not to offend the peoples of false religions, but instead think it is acceptable to offend Christ, and also, by the way, make their prayers of none effect. Many people, when speaking of spiritual contact, make mention of a supreme being— the higher power, the big guy up there, or God in general. Jesus Christ, the only mediator between God and man, is omitted. And to the proponents of the God of the big tent, where all religious positions are embraced, they should take note that the spelling of this God begins with a lower case g. It's shocking to many that God has zero tolerance for those who cast off His word. He does not honor our opinions, but rather requires that we conform to the mind of Christ. Finally, in regard to honoring Christ Jesus publicly, the Lord Jesus had this to say in Mark 8, verse 38, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me, and of my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed, when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Now for today's subject. This is part two in a three-part series dealing with the Jesus root of the Americas. God said, Psalms 33.12, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. God said, Psalms 144, verses 9-15, I will sing a new song unto thee, O God. Upon a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings will I sing praises unto thee. It is he that giveth salvation unto kings, who delivereth David his servant from the hurtful sword. Rid me. And deliver me from the hand of strange children, whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. That our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as cornerstones, polished after the similitude of a palace, that our garners may be full, affording all manner of store, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our streets, that our oxen may be strong to labor, that there be no breaking in nor going out, that there be no complaining in our streets. Happy is that people that is in such a case, yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. America was founded upon the only begotten Son of God, the rock Christ Jesus, and all of her blessings and greatness are a product of God's benevolence. Men said, this is not a Christian nation. It was founded by deists and agnostics. We must rally behind the concept of the separation of church and state and remove all symbols of Jesus Christ. Now the record. Nearly all the quotes in this series of articles are from David Limbaugh's 416-page book titled Persecution and from the Christian Defense Fund's small but powerful 77-page book titled One Nation Under God. Briefly summarizing is America a Christian nation, part one. It reads, the Americas were discovered in Jesus name. The United States was colonized in Jesus name. Her governments were established in Jesus name and America's people were educated in Jesus name. The glorious blessings of God have been stowed upon this land in Jesus name. Is Jesus Christ the foundation and Lord of America? Does the American Constitution guard against the intrusion and even the mention of the Lord Jesus Christ in the public forum? Was the American Constitution authored by deists and agnostics? This is the second of a three-part series that will declare history as it really happened. Part one ended with the year 1746 and the founding of Princeton University. The first leader of the university was Reverend Jonathan Dickinson, who said, "'Cursed be all that learning!' that is contrary to the cross of Christ. In 1785, James Madison, known as the father of the U.S. Constitution and the fourth president of the United States, wrote, "...we have staked the whole future of American civilization, not upon the power of government, far from it. We have staked the future of all of our political institutions." upon the capacity of mankind for self-government, upon the capacity of each and all of us to govern ourselves, to sustain ourselves according to the Ten Commandments of God. Madison also wrote concerning Christ. Christ's divinity appears by St. John chapter 20 verse 28, And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Resurrection testifieth to and witnesseth by the apostles, Acts 4, verse 33, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. In the year 1787, Congress passed the Northwest Ordinance, which established the regulations by which territories northwest of the Ohio River could be incorporated into the United States. One heavy focus was to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Native American peoples. Section 14 of the Northwest Ordinance, Article 13 says, Religion, morality, and knowledge being necessary to good government and the happiness of mankind, schools, and the means of education shall forever be encouraged. In an effort to expunge the record of our Lord Jesus Christ, some often lift up Thomas Jefferson as their secularist poster child. Thomas Jefferson, while President of the United States, said, No nation has ever yet existed or been governed without religion, nor can be. The Christian religion is the best religion that has ever been given to man, and I, as chief magistrate of this nation, am bound to give it the sanction of my example. In March of 1801, Jefferson wrote, the Christian religion, when divested of the rags in which they, the clergy, have enveloped it, and brought it to the original purity and simplicity of its benevolent instructor, is a religion of all others most friendly to liberty, science, and the freest expression of the human mind. In April of 1803, Jefferson wrote the following to fellow signer of the Declaration of the, of the, of the Independence, excuse me, Dr. Benjamin Rush. My views are the result of a life of inquiry and reflection, and very different from the anti-Christian system imputed to me by those who know nothing of my opinions. To the corruptions of Christianity I am indeed opposed, but not to the genuine precepts of Jesus himself. I am a Christian, and the only sense in which he wished anyone to be sincerely attached to his doctrines in preference to all others." Finally, concerning Mr. Jefferson's confession of Jesus Christ, he stated, I am a real Christian, that is to say, a disciple of the doctrines of Jesus, end of quote. The three authors of the Federalist Papers were Alexander Hamilton, an original signer of the Constitution and Secretary of the Treasury under George Washington, James Madison, known as the father of the Constitution, and America's fourth president, and John Jay, the first chief justice of the Supreme Court the federal, Federalist excuse me, Papers, supported the ratification of the U.S. Constitution. Unless someone should get the erroneous idea that these great founding fathers were contrary to the cross of Christ, or penned anything that suggested such, let their own words dispel such a notion, Alexander Hamilton said. I have carefully examined the evidence of the Christian religion, and if I was sitting as a juror upon its authenticity, I would unhesitatingly give my verdict in its favor. I can prove its truth as clearly as any proposition ever submitted to the mind of man. Hamilton and Reverend James Bayard helped form the Christian Constitutional Society, whose first two objectives were, one, the support of the Christian religion, and, two, the support of the United States. Hamilton was shot and killed in a duel with Aaron Burr on July 12, 1804. His dying words were, I have a tender reliance on the mercy of the Almighty through the merits of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am a sinner. I look to him for mercy. Pray for me. Madison spoke 161 times at the Constitutional Convention and studied at Princeton under one of the nation's foremost ministers, Reverend John Witherspoon. Madison writes, Religion is the basis and foundation of government. On October 12, 1816, Chief Justice John Jay made this telling statement. Providence has given to our people the choice of their rulers, and it is the duty as well as the, as well as the privilege and interest of our Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for their rulers. John Adams was the vice president under President George Washington, a signer of the Declaration of Independence, a member of the Constitutional Congress, and the second president of the United States. He was a great lover of the word of God and the king of glory. He wrote these telling words in February of 1756. Suppose a nation in some distant region should take the Bible for their only law book, and every member should regulate his conduct by the precepts there exhibited. Every member would be obliged in conscience to temperance, frugality, and industry, to justice, kindness, and charity towards his fellow men, and to piety, love, and reverence toward Almighty God. What a utopia, what a paradise would that region be. It was Adams who said the United States is founded on the general princi- principles, excuse me, of Christianity. Another man of God with the last name Adams and a cousin to John Adams was Samuel Adams. He organized the Boston Tea Party and formed the Committees of Correspondence. This committee organized the colonists to resist the authority of the British government. Sam Adams signed the Declaration of Independence and called the first Continental Congress. He wrote, "'The right to freedom, being the gift of the Almighty,' the rights of the colonists as Christians may be best understood by reading and carefully studying the institutions of the great lawgiver and the head of the Christian church, which are to be found clearly written and promulgated in the New Testament. In his last will and testament, Sam Adams said, Principally and first of all, I resign my soul to the Almighty Being who gave it, and my body I commit to the dust, relying on the merits of Jesus Christ, for the pardon of my sins. Although Ben Franklin was not an evangelical Christian by his own mouth, he was a confessor of Christ. Benjamin Franklin signed the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States. He also served as the governor of Pennsylvania. In March of 1778, Franklin wrote the following to the Ministry of France. Whoever shall introduce in the public affairs the principles of primitive Christianity will change the face of the world. Franklin also said, A Bible and a newspaper in every house, a good school in every district, all studied and appreciated as they merit, are the principal support of virtue, morality, and civil liberty. In a pamphlet titled, Information to Those Who Would Remove to America, which was written for Europeans considering moving to America, Franklin wrote, Atheism is unknown there, infidelity rare and secret. So that persons may live to a great age in that country without having their piety shocked by meeting with either an atheist or an infidel. On June twenty-eighth, seventeen eighty-seven, the Constitutional Convention found itself in a bitter controversy when Franklin stood to plead for unity. Part of his speech follows: "I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men." and if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground with his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings, that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this, and I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. We shall be divided by our partial local interest, our projects will be confounded, and we ourselves shall become a reproach and byword down to future ages. I therefore beg leave to move that henceforth prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessings on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to business, and that one or more of the clergy of this city be requested to officiate in that service." In Franklin's autobiography, he wrote of a meeting he attended where a George Whitfield sermon, whose voice was so strong Franklin claimed that 30,000 people could hear him at once, caused him to do more than he had planned, Franklin writes. I perceived he intended to finish with the collection, and I silently resolved he should get nothing from me. I had in my pocket a handful of copper money, three or four silver dollars, and five pistolas of gold. As he proceeded... I began to soften and concluded to give him the coppers. Another stroke of his oratory made me ashamed of that and determined me to give the silver. And he finished so admirably that I emptied emptied my pocket wholly into the collector's dish gold and all. According to the late historian M. E. Bradford, 52 of the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence and 50 to 52 of the 55 signers of the Constitution were strong practicing Christians. The United States was founded upon the Lord Jesus Christ, yet the revisionists would lie and tell you otherwise. Today, note the conspicuous absence of the name of Jesus from the public foreign, and his conspicuous presence in the founding of this great hemisphere. God said, Psalms 33, 12, "'Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people,' whom he hath chosen for his inheritance. God said, Psalms 144, 9-15, I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, upon a psaltery, and an instrument of ten strings will I sing praises unto thee. It is he that giveth salvation unto kings, who delivereth David his servant from the hurtful sword. Rid me, and deliver me from the hand of strange children, whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace, that our garners may be full, affording all manner of store, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our streets, that our oxen may be strong to labor, that there be no breaking in nor going out, that there be no complaining in our streets." Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. America was founded upon the only begotten Son of God, the rock Christ Jesus, and all of her blessings and greatness are a product of God's benevolence. Man said, This is not a Christian nation. It was founded by deists and agnostics. We must rally behind the concept of the separation of church and state, and remove all symbols of Jesus Christ. Now you have the record.